You're listening to the Forefront Church Sermon Podcast. Forefront Church is a progressive Christian community more interested in asking good questions than having all the right answers. Thanks for listening. joining us online. Uh, My name is Reverend Vinita Rodman Jenkins. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I'm the teaching pastor here at Forefront. And it's really nice to have one service and just to have so many of you here. Um, I am so grateful to be able to kick off our next sermon series, What Forms Us? What Forms Us? I'm sure that many of you have heard that experience is the best teacher, just by a show of hands. How many of you have heard that before? Yes, yes. Um, And the jury's still out. Some people believe that's the case, and some people, maybe not so much. If we think about it, though, everything that we've experienced from our relationships to our family life to how much money our family had growing up to places we've traveled, books we've read, our spiritual practices, they all have played a role in shaping us. They have all played a role in leading us to where we are today. Experience is this notion that we learn by actually having something happen to us. We learn by what we encounter. We learn by what we interface with, as opposed to hearing about something, as opposed to someone telling us about something. Experience is more personal. So as it relates to experience being the best teacher, some could say that for a child, experience may be the best teacher to teach the child that if they place their hand on a stove, no matter how many times their guardian says, do not put your hands there, they're going to learn, right? Experience may be the best teacher for an entrepreneur who has done research, who has looked at reviews, who has tried to determine whether or not a particular software is appropriate and suitable for their business, right? Rather than hearing all these things, if they actually purchase it, take advantage of it, interface and interact with it, it may help them to learn a bit more than just hearing about it from afar. Now, some may think that it's not only experience that is the best teacher, but it's the reflection behind our experience. It's the process. It's what we have actually been able to unpack as a result of the experience. So when I worked at the University of Connecticut, I had the opportunity to take students on this ropes course. It was called a challenge course. So funny enough, for two years that I was at the University of Connecticut, one of our members was a student there. Sean Thomas was actually there. for two years, and we didn't know each other. We probably walked around the same circles, but 
I talked to Sean, and I'm like, Sean, do you remember that challenge course? Sean was a cheerleader at UConn. And I said, do you remember the challenge course? And he said, yes. I used to take groups there. And these groups would go, and this would be something called experiential learning and experiential engagement. And it's considered that what you learn and what you reflect on helps you in life having this sort of hands-on experience. So I'm sure that some of you may have done this with your companies, and I hope that we get to do it as a church one day, right? God bless you. Um, so it helps you learn about yourself. It helps you learn about others. It helps you be able to do some serious reflection and processing, and then think about how the particular experience is going to help you in your everyday life. Amen? So this concept of experience came up a couple of months ago when we did our Genderful God series. Reverend Josh introduced it to us with the Westrian, um, Wesleyan quadrilateral. It's a process for theological reflection. And John Wesley, the leader of the Methodist movement, sort of came up with this idea. The actual term was coined by Albert C. Outlier, which was another Methodist minister. And basically, this whole quadrilateral is a four-sided approach to answering questions about Christian beliefs and practices. I'm excited for this series because while I'm speaking on experience, Reverend Josh one of our boot campers, Kelly, is coming on to preach during this series. And then we have a guest minister from Connecticut, uh, Ben DeBoe from Riverfront Family Church, right? So we have wonderful speakers who will be talking more about this quadrilateral. But Wesley insisted that we cannot have reasonable assurance of truth unless we have experienced it personally. As human beings who have been created in the image of God, we have the opportunity to experience the reality of God's love. God's love is the living truth that Jesus is always with us and that Jesus calls us friends. As shared in scripture, Jesus had so many interactions. There were so many individuals who experienced the love of Jesus and the healing power of Jesus personally. And it helped to increase their faith as they learned about Jesus through the experience and the reflection that they were exposed to. In one instance, Jesus had been preaching and teaching, and he decided to get into a boat with Simon. And Jesus told Simon, I need you to push the boat out into the deep, and I want you to let your nets out for a catch. Now, Simon told Jesus that they had been fishing all night to no avail. They hadn't been able to catch anything, but you were telling me to let down my nets in this deep, and we will do so. So once Simon did so, a load of fish came up so heavy that the net he was using was about to break. And he called his friends over for help because it was so heavy. So let's pick up at Luke 5, verses 8 through 10. But when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down 
at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And likewise also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear. From now on, you're going to be catching people. You will be fishers of people. Jesus assured them that they should not be afraid. And from this day on, things would change. They were shifting the paradigm. With that, they left everything, everything to follow Jesus. Now, it seems that Simon Peter had assumed that Jesus didn't want anything to do with him because of his response and because of his reaction. His words seemed to express self-condemnation, rejection, and insecurity. He had assumed that his humanity was no match for matters of the spirit. However, those fishing folks experienced Jesus, and this awesome encounter was transformative. And it was an act which was displayed trust, care, love, and provision. These individuals actually participated in and experienced a miracle. They were witnesses to what they experienced personally. This was their truth. No matter what anyone else said, this was their truth. Jesus' miraculous power caused them to have some reflection as they reconstructed their whole lives to follow Jesus. Life as they knew it would forever be changed because of what they experienced on that boat. I believe this experience and deciding to follow Jesus did not mean they arrived at perfection. It did not mean they did everything right. Jesus' disciples still had needs, and so do we. In her book, God is a Black Woman, by Dr. Christina Cleveland, she talks about matriarchal cultures in her chapter, wait for it, she who cherishes our hot mess. <laughs> I want to say that again. This is the name of her chapter. Think about it. She who cherishes our hot mess. Dr. Cleveland shares that matriarchal cultures like the Kasi of northeastern India and the Mosuo of southwestern China organized around trying to meet needs. Not on who had the best skills, who had the greatest assets, but they organized around trying to meet needs. Dr. Cleveland shares that matriarchal cultures create space to celebrate our needs as well as the needs of others. Dr. Cleveland says, in a need, based society. Needs are valued and affirmed. 
And it's precisely this honoring of needs that holds the society together because needs have the power to bring people together. I wish I had the courage to express my needs for help when I was in college. You see, my experiences and the lessons that I learned actually taught me that when you are a class leader, when you are a student athlete, when you are in the National Honor Society, there is actually no room for you to process mistakes. There's actually no room for you to express needs. There's actually no room for you to say that you are struggling. So I would encourage us today to ask for help. It's okay. And I have gone about sharing my story with forefronters, with students, staff, faculty, that there is no shame in having a need. There is no shame in asking for help. My experience and further reflection have taught me that each and every encounter that I have had, the good, the bad, the ugly, has all played a role in forming Venita. They all informed my spiritual journey. And I would venture to say that they have informed all of our spiritual journeys. I am at a point now where I don't have a perfectionist faith. I did at one time. People actually told me, Venita, you're not perfect. I had to get to the point where I had to process why people I loved would tell me that. Now, the way that they would tell me was not very nice. It was not very constructive. <laughs> However, I had to sit back and take the time to try to examine what this perfectionism, what this need to have everything right and to have everything in place was all about. The problem is that when that happens, you fail every time because perfectionism is a myth. And I had to get to the point where, and I'm still working on it, where I realized that it's unhealthy to live that type of life. It's unhealthy to be in that zone where you're just trying to dot every I and cross every T. So I believe today that as I stand here before you, I am a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> so, <laughs> amen. Amen. Praise God. So the faith that forms me does not come wrapped in a shiny bow. The faith that I have is needs-based. And the faith that I have is a hot mess at times. It was initially difficult for me to embrace everything that formed me. As my theological perspectives continued to evolve, I became bitter. I became super negative about like people, places, things that I had experienced that I believe caused me a lot of pain and shame and trauma. And as I began to reflect on these experiences and encounters, I knew that I could not remain in a place of bondage because true freedom comes when you can release all that you are carrying, the burdens that you are carrying, and find forgiveness for individuals. 
that when you can give them grace. And I had to come to terms with these feelings and the weight that I was carrying and make a decision to release it all and really help me to forgive. So I had to come to terms with something else. <laughs> I had to realize that it, as it related to a number of my faith experiences, I was actually surviving on all of the experiences that shaped me and have gotten me to where I am, all of them. So during the meet and greet question, I asked you to share one event which led you here. Now, I have a lot of events that led me here. You could have went either way back years ago or something quite recent that got you to this point and allowed you to be here at Forefront. I'd like to lift up one, and it involves uh, sleepaway camp. When I was, I don't know, maybe a preteen, I was hanging out with a group of friends, some other campers. I thought they were nice, I thought they were cool, until I found out they were actually the mean girls. <laughs> and the reason I found out that I was hanging out with the mean girls is because they wound up stealing one of the campers' bandanas, and not only did they take the bandana, but they hid the bandana. So, you know, initially you're kind of having a good time, then all of a sudden, like, it goes south, and you're like, oh my gosh, right? And so I'm like holding on to it and like trying not to make a big deal. I'm like, oh my gosh, when this girl comes back, it's going to be over. Well, she came back to the lean-to, wherever we were staying in. She was trying to find her bandana. She was looking all over for it. And as my memory serves me, she used to wear her bandana a lot. So people knew that her bandana meant a lot to her. So she began to cry and she was super upset and I just couldn't take it anymore. So I told her <laughs> what happened. I told her where her bandana was so that she could get her bandana. And once the rest of the crew found out that it was me. I mean, in actuality, I didn't try to hide it. I just, it was what it was. Y'all could be mad at me, right? But I realized that thinking about that experience decades later, I was able to exercise concern, compassion, and advocacy through the love of God. And isn't that what we do here at Forefront? We think about those individuals who are broken and hurting, and we don't make fun of them. We don't kick them when they're down. We make space for them. We affirm everyone. We love people. That's what we do. So that event always leads me to think about my advocacy today and how God has been able to use that experience and so many others to think about my calling as an advocate. So as a church that is striving to be progressive, we've come a long way, baby. <laughs> but we have a long way to go, right? So we don't get everything right. Sometimes our progressiveness is a hot mess. But we are working on trying as best we can to be as inclusive and affirming as possible. As we usher in the next 500 years, we want to be able to love unconditionally. We want to be able to wrap our arms around each other, around ourselves, around this community, and say, we fully affirm all of who you are. So <clears throat> in thinking about leaving you today with some practical suggestions, my first one is this. 
I would highly encourage you, if you don't journal already, to journal and journal your feelings about some of your experiences related to maybe some of your past church experiences, your ups, your downs, the challenges, the good times, all that led you to this place. Now I realize that some of the emotions are extremely hard and this would be extremely difficult, but if there's some areas that you feel you're struggling in, I would encourage you through the Holy Spirit to just lean into it and just begin to write things down because writing our reflections and writing about things that we've gone through helps in our healing process. And it helps us sort of reclaim our past experiences, which is what I did because I didn't really wanna walk around heavy, burdened. I wanted to be able to think about the good times and those things that helped to encourage me and those things that helped me celebrate today. Those teachable moments that I can carry forward in my Christian journey. And then I would encourage you to think about ways you can just be a witness to the love of God. Whether it's in your immediate family, extended family, whether it is with your neighbors, um, with other church members, really thinking about bringing people in, right? And helping people to feel included. God's love is not simply um, for certain individuals. God's love is for everyone. And it's important that as we experience Jesus, we can share that love with other people. Love equals connection. Love does not equal isolation and shame and blame. So the experiences that we have with the living Jesus are real and they're all parts of our truth. They cannot be denied or minimized. The joy and hope that we possess through our personal connection with God are able to permeate each and every area of our lives. So as we are being transformed and renewed, others are as well. Even through the most unbearable of circumstances and hot messinesses of times, if that's a word, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through prayer, through nature walks, through swing dancing at Lincoln Center, through going to the Basquiat exhibit, through each and every encounter, we are able to experience the presence of God. Look for her. Be open to her. And with all of that, we can take the light that we have and shine it on others. As we take the time to be open and position ourselves to receive the love, we can be confident in knowing that God's good work will continue in each and every one of us. She's always working. And all we need to do is join her in her great work of salvation. What is your truth? What have you experienced personally that assures your truth? What do you know that you know that you know that you know that you know because of your experiences with Jesus? I would highly encourage you to allow your experiences with Jesus to lead you 
to be a witness. Maybe your experience might be like the man who was blind in the book of John, who was approached by the religious leaders after he gained his sight. First off, they didn't even recognize him when Jesus healed that man. And then they were asking him all of these questions. Well, who was that man and where was he from? And, you know, how did you wind up becoming healed? And he's like, I really don't know about all of the questions that you are asking me. But this I know. Once I was blind, but now I see. Maybe your testimony is similar to David in the book of Psalms. I have never, ever seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. Maybe your testimony will be like the Clark sisters in their song, Sunshine, where they say, since I have met Christ, there has been such a change in my life. I'm a witness that Jesus will make a difference in your life. Or maybe your testimony is like the psalmist, or maybe the testimony is very similar to my testimony to my husband Todd's testimony, where the psalmist says, my heart and my flesh may fail. I admit how broken I am in body and spirit, but God is the strength of my life. God is the strength of my life and my portion and my portion forever. The good news forefront is that the love of Jesus brings peace to our anxiety, satisfaction, and fulfillment to the longings of our hearts, and bursts of joy when we want to break down and sob. Our experiences lead us to declare that against all odds, we will continue, we will continue to experience Jesus and to trust God. And the people of God said, amen, amen, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. If you are joining us online, um, I would encourage you at this time to please drop your prayer requests your celebrations, your praise reports, all in the chat. And we're going to give you a time to do that. If you're in the house and you have YouTube pulled up or if you have Facebook pulled up, you can just go ahead and enter those requests and comments at this time. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We thank you, God for each and everything that we have experienced, the ups, the downs, the joys, the challenges. We know, Lord, that through it all, you're working things out for our good. And I pray that no matter what we encounter, we would continue to trust you. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.
Thanks for listening to the Forefront Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Forefront and how we're ushering in the next 500 years of Christianity, visit ForefrontChurch.com.